how do we equip and inspire boys and men to become great fathers, to become the fathers that we want them to be? Find out how our guest is doing that globally after these messages. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the On Voice Parenting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Janet Allison, with Jennifer L.W. Fink. We are so happy you're here. Stay tuned after these messages. Okay, how? How do we raise great guys? We talk about lots of the bits and pieces here, but Janet, where can our listeners get some more support for learning how to raise next generation men? Jen, it's learning and it's also unlearning. It's so important to look at what we do know, what we want to know, and also how we've been operating. And yeah. our guys, Jake and Jonathan over at Raising Next Gen Men have put together an amazing course. I've been through it. I learned new things. I learned terms that I hadn't known before. This course is available online and you can you know, spend a few hours and get yourself up to speed on masculinity, how we raise great boys and men. It is at nextgenmen.ca slash shop. Use the on boys code for a discount. They are talking about gender identity with the curiosity to learn and unlearn what we think we know. And the course is put together so well. There's videos that are, you know, quick and easy to listen to and journaling questions. It includes resources and additional activities. It is going to set you up to be that advocate for your boy that you need to be. It's Raising Next Gen Men, and you'll find it at nextgenmen.ca slash shop and Use that on voice coupon code for a discount. And while you are taking your next gen men course, getting up to speed there, you could have your feet inside some nice cozy socks and socks that even match with your child's socks. Some kids are so sensitive to that seam that goes across the toe, or maybe they have skin sensitivities like eczema. Q for Quinn is the place to go. Not only do they have socks, they have briefs and pajamas for kids and adults. Check out QforQuinn.com. That's the letter Q, F-O-R-Q-U-I-N-N.com. Socks, briefs, pajamas, all ethically sourced wool and cotton. QforQuinn.com. Use the Envoys discount code for 10% off your first purchase. QforQuinn.com. Get those feet cozy. How do we inspire and more importantly, even equip men to be great fathers, role models, and mentors? How do men become the father their children need? 
which is often very different from the father that they had. How do we inspire and equip boys to see fatherhood as something to aspire to as well? It's a big task and one that grown men aren't necessarily prepared for. An author, speaker, and coach, our guest, Craig Wilkinson, speaks to the hearts of men, bringing wisdom and clarity to what it means to be a man, and out of that, how to be a great dad. Welcome, Craig, all the way from South Africa. I love it. Thank, thank you very much. Great to be with you. Great to have you. So you're a father. We were talking before we hit record. An empty nester. They're out. I am indeed. Mm -hmm. You have a son and a daughter. I'm curious how you were fathered. Wow, that's uh, jumping straight into the nitty gritty of it. Sure, uh, as we do, right, Jen? We don't as beat around the bush a lot. Yeah, I, I had, um, I think many fathers of, of my generation of fathers were there, but not there. The kind of there that was you know, felt an obligation, well, a sense of duty to, to provide. Uh, to be the provider, but not necessarily very skilled at engaging emotionally. So, you know, I would say I was raised by a dad who's who's still alive, is still with my mom today. They've been married almost 60 years, but there was very little um, uh, emotional engagement. Um, you know, in, in the book that I write, I talk about the 12 dad verbs. Two of the verbs are to be seen and to be validated. And, and I think uh, many dads of, of the generation of my father didn't see, you know, they weren't able to see that. I call them cookie cutter fathers. You know, they kind of had an idea of what they'd like you to be and they sort of imposed that upon you, you know, uh, instead of really just listening and opening the heart and seeing and engaging and spending the quality time. Uh, the old uh, children should be seen and not heard type syndrome. So yeah, we had a difficult upbringing. Uh, I had a younger brother who took his own life at the age of mm. 20. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it, it was many, many years ago. I mean, the kind of thing you never, never really fully, fully uh, forget or get over. But yeah, there was, it, was, it wasn't a childhood where there was a lot of being seen and being validated by, mm -hmm. by a father. Not, not, not out of malice, I don't think, but, but uh, de facto, that's how it was. I just wrote a sentence uh, working on my book yesterday, Janet, that said, all humans want to be seen and heard. And Craig, wow. I'm quite sure that my dad and your dad have in common that that approach and this is this is how my father was raised you know his job was to yeah. provide emotions Correct. never even occurred to him and my father is also still alive he turns 86 this summer uh wow. he still doesn't see me or hear me and that still hurts <laughs> janet has heard yeah. me talk about that yeah. so yeah it's important and yet as an adult, I can see that it was very difficult for him to give what he never saw or even managed right. to dream of. Yeah, right. That's the thing that we we are asking dads today to step up in a way that they haven't had modeled for them. Yeah, that we, we are. And, but you know, Janet, we're living in a world where, and, and the T-shirt I'm wearing says no excuse. We're, we, you know, we don't really have any excuses. We have beautiful podcasts such as the one that you you, you and Jen, Jen run. And uh, there's so much information out there, isn't there? So much awareness, so much knowledge and so much understanding. How many movies do we watch where the theme is uh, a woman or a man whose life's out of control, but, but the ache and long and pain is a missing father 
you know, yeah. the, the, the dad daughter or the dad son relationship is, is missing and it's, 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 it's faulty and it's damaged. And, and you see a woman or a man getting involved in drugs and all kinds of different things. And, and the ache and the lack is the father. So I think we're very aware of the importance of fathers. I think historically, um, you know, there, there are many, many layers to this. I think historically fathers have been marginalized in some way. The, the common understanding has been the mother nurtures, the dad provides. And that's a, it's a really false understanding of parenting, isn't it? I mean, both the mother and the father um, are, are absolutely crucial in both the lives of the, of the son and the daughter. And they provide different things. The questions that a dad needs to answer for both a boy and a girl that a mom can't. And the questions that a, a mom needs to answer that a dad can't. So I think this beautiful synergy between the mom and the dad, the father and the mother, raising a boy and a girl and answering their questions is absolutely crucial. And I want to, you know, give a shout out. There's families that are two moms and families that are two dads and yeah. the um, single moms. And there is that place then for where do we find the mentors? Where do we find the role right. models also? Yeah. It's a great point you raise. I mean, there's an African saying that says it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. uh, and when where you, I mean, you have phenomenal single moms. I mean, South Africa, the country I live in, has, has probably the highest rate of, of fatherlessness in the world. And we have single moms doing the most phenomenal job. But, but I often encourage both single moms and single dads or, or families of two moms and two dads to get, get the other agenda involved as mentors. And, you know, can be an uncle, a brother, a grandfather, an aunt, you know. But as we do this as a society, uh, I think, you know, one of the things that's gone wrong in Western society is these, the silo mentality, you know, that we all have to do it on our own. And, uh, but, the, but the more we reach out for mentors across the range, the, the more healthily we can raise our children. And to say that, you know, that mentor, that role model, that even the difference between moms and dads, we're going to do it differently. And that doesn't mean one is better, one is worse. No. We parent no. differently and our kids need that difference. Very much so. Yeah. So much so. You know, I mean, I look at my son and daughter. And so Luke is now 28 years old. I mean, he, the, the question often a boy, boys look to, to older men to model to them what it means to be a man. You know, it's not something a woman can do. I can't model to my daughter what it means to be a woman because I'm not a woman. You know, there's certain things that women go through that I cannot, I can, I can intellectually assent to, but I can't experience or understand. And so uh, she, she'll look to her mom or an older woman to, to model that. Um, just as my son will look to me to model what it means to be a man. And, I, you know, it's interesting the difference. Uh, you talked earlier about this, you know, for, when a mom gives birth to a, a child, there, there's already been a nine-month relationship, hasn't there? You know, there's been the nurturing in the womb. There's been this bonding and this incredible transformation and magnificent experience. The dad doesn't have that. You know, he, he has uh, an intellectual understanding of what's happening, and, uh, you know, but but there's a different uh, entry into parenthood for a dad. So so my son, you know, the question he used to ask me, he's, he's a big, strong, strapping guy. He used to often rough and tumble with me. You know, I used to come home from work. He used to come running up and grab me and wrestle me. And, you know, and I realized the question he was asking me as a father is, dad, do I have what it takes? Am, am I man enough? You know, and that's a big question on, on the heart of a boy. Blythe, my daughter, was, you know, somewhat of a tomboy as well. She used to also do a bit of that. But often she, when I came home from work, she would, we'd have this little game. She'd, she'd not come running out. She'd, she'd uh, stay in her bedroom or the, the lounge or the dining room, and she'd be sitting, you know, looking at some work she'd created or something. And the little game was, you know, I'd say, oh, where's, where's my precious daughter? And she'd giggle a bit, and I'd go and find her. And I realized that there was this desire in her heart to be romanced by, by her father, for me to, to seek out her heart and to pursue her heart, you know, and to... 
And that's just a beautiful dynamic between the father and the daughter. And then there was different things between them and their mom, you know. So this village and and the different energies that we bring as as male and female is so beautiful to our children's lives. That question, am I man enough? That is a question that it seems to be at the heart of all boys, all men. And I've never been a boy. I've never been a man. So it's something that I sort of have learned intellectually, but I have a hard time understanding what that feels like. Can you help us explore that aspect a little bit? It's a big question. So, so let me let me backtrack a bit. In South Africa, we have a massive problem with gender-based violence, which with with men perpetrating violence. I, I've done a lot of work around why does this happen? Because no no boy is born an abuser. No boy is born a misogynist or a racist. Or, you know, there, something goes wrong on the journey from baby to boy and boy to man. And uh, the the question often that's unanswered uh, in a boy's heart is, you see, boy boys innately and hormonally and you know by the very physiology and structure of our brains, there's a desire to be powerful, a desire to know that I've got what it takes, you know, that I'm strong enough, I'm big enough, I'm cool. It's a very, it's a very primal innate desire. And when that question is not answered correctly, when a boy's not taught to harness his strength and his testosterone and his drive correctly, things go horribly wrong. So two things, you know, if a boy grows up and he doesn't believe that he's got what it takes, he's never been validated. You know, we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, Jen, you said seen and, and heard and validated. He mm-hmm. has this desire to prove himself. You know, I need to be, I need to be the man. And that leads to a whole lot of dysfunctional behavior. You know, if a, if a man feels as though I need to prove that I'm a man by proving that I'm strong enough or that I can dominate or that I'm always right, I can never be, you know, it leads to a whole bunch of issues. When a boy, and if a boy is not taught to harness these, uh, you know, the testosterone that drives him to do crazy and silly things, you know, I mean, insurance companies much prefer men to, to women to men, sorry, because women are far less likely to do crazy, stupid things like driving the car, you know, at crazy speeds. But if you, if a boy is, is seen and validated and he grows up believing I'm man enough, I, you know, whatever size or strength or whether, whether I'm a piano player, a ballet dancer, or a, or a, a Rambo, or a football player, it, I, I'm man enough. Uh, and if he's taught to utilize his strengths and these drives that he has for good, you know, I mean, true masculinity loves, serves, honors, protects, provides to the best of his ability. That's what masculinity does. That's, and if he's taught that, he, there's no need for him to uh, prove himself. There's no need for him to feel inadequate or misuse his strength in any way. And and that's so crucial that boys are taught that. I I often liken it to learning how to drive a car. Mm -hmm. You know, a a, a car is a a beautiful thing. We all use a car to get from A to B. But a car is also a very dangerous thing. Many, many thousands of people are Mm -hmm. killed on the roads every year. Uh, And you can only drive a car if someone who has already driven a car teaches you how to drive a car. Mm -hmm. So young boys need men who've been through puberty, testosterone, all these crazy drivers that, you know, uh, who, who know how to drive it well, who teach it. You know, these are the rules of the road. When a woman says no, you know, that's that's a, a traffic light, that's red, you stop and you drive within the confines of the road, you certain speed limits, you don't drink and drive, you know. And, and when older men teach younger men these things, um, they learn how to love and serve and protect and become good men. How do we counteract all the mixed messages that are out there for our boys. They've got their phone in their hand all day. They're getting memes and all sorts of things in their, in their social feeds. How can we possibly balance that? And they do see a lot of older boys and older men who say, yellow means step on it. 
And sure, you can have a few and drive. As a mom, that is very frustrating to me because I want I want other voices to help. Yeah. You know, with how, Craig? <laughs> well, it's a deep and profoundly difficult issue because we've got these two extremes. We've got the messaging that masculinity is toxic and bad. That, that's mm-hmm. the one message. Yeah. We've got the other message on the other extreme, which is to be a man, you've got to be powerful and strong and have a few beers and drink and drive. You know, So you've got the macho image, which is a completely distorted image. And you've also got the passive image, which is a distorted image. And so we've got boys growing up with uh, being demonized for being men and boys being encouraged to be uh, abusive on the other extreme as men. And so we, we need the voice that says, and, and this is the beauty, if you look at the four uh, masculine archetypes, the king, the warrior, the lover, and the friend, they're beautiful. But the point is, if you focus just on one, you're going to be totally distorted. Every man, just as every woman, needs a, a multitude of faces that they wear and ways in which they pitch up to life. You know, for a mom, you've got the mama bear, don't mess with my cubs, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do you in, you know. <laughs> but you've also got the soft, gentle nurturer, you know. that's uh, So with, a, with, a, with men, you've got the king and the warrior, which is, you know, which is strong and decisive and competent and capable and takes full responsibility for every area of their life. But you've also got the lover and the friend, gentle, nurturing, caring, who can be vulnerable. And I think we're making the mistake of, and we do this often, you know, in, in race relations, in politics, and all. it's an either or world, isn't it? As opposed to a both yes. and world. Mm-hmm. And we need to raise our boys to be both and. There's a time when you put the warrior face on and you suck it up and you don't cry because you've got responsibilities and you need to do it no matter what. Same as single moms, you know, especially single moms. And then with, with, there's a time when you need to be vulnerable and uh, you need to be soft and gentle. You know, Men commit suicide on average internationally four times more than women. And, and one of the reasons is we don't uh, admit vulnerability. We don't share. We need to teach our boys that this full spectrum of faces and ways of pitching up is good. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. 
I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me. So I'm 51. She's 41. And she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash onboys. Winona, menopause care made easy. I'm curious. Your son, you said, is 28 now. Puberty is a journey for all of us. You mentioned these, these various faces of masculinity, and I see the value in all of that. I would love to hear a little bit more about your son's journey and how you helped him realize value in all of these faces. So often during puberty, kids go like all one way for a while and try this on, and then maybe right. they'll go another way. So did you see some of that? Very much so. You know, I mean, my son, uh, <laughs> some of the things he got up to with his mates at school were quite astonishing, you know, um, and, and certainly something that his mother and most women just did not get. So they would take a stapler, you know, and they'd, they'd staple each other, put a staple in it, you know. You know, I just didn't see my daughter and her friends doing that. They would, um, you know, the one... <laughs> One time after school, the one day my son and a couple of his friends were, were hanging out after school on their little BMX bicycles. Yep. They must have been about 12 years old and they were bored. And, and, and the one kid said to the other kid, hey, I wonder what would happen if we rode our bicycles into that brick wall over there. And they thought this was a fantastic idea. So they lined up, counted three, two, one. And this mob of boys rode their bicycles flat into a brick wall. Now, you know, when, See, when this, I, is the, when I, this is the kind of thing as a mom of boys, <laughs> I have four boys. By the time yeah. I had two, I was like, I do not get what you are doing. It's things like that where yeah, we, especially yeah. as women, go, you know that's going to end badly, right? Yeah, exactly that, Jen. I mean, when I tell that story to, to, to parents and, and I say to the moms, do you understand it? 
no, what, what, you know, I mean, the moms were phoning the school and saying, my, you know, my, my boy needs more Ritalin, you know, then he, and the dads were going, yeah, oh, that's my boy, you know, there, there's a difference, but again, the basic driver of that is a beautiful gift that needs to be harnessed, you know, and I think we need to come from the standpoint that true masculinity is a beautiful gift to the world. It's a beautiful, pure gift. So, I mean, that kind of energy and drive leads to all sorts of good things when it's harnessed correctly. When it's harnessed badly, it leads to all kinds of destructive behavior. So, you know, again, the question on a boy's heart is, is do I have what it takes? Am I enough? And remember, he, you know, so he'll come to his mom and say, I want to climb that tree. And the mom's natural reaction is to say, no, 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 it's dangerous. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the question on his heart is, do I have what it takes? And he's waiting to be affirmed that he does. So a dad might say, you know, yeah, climb the tree. So, you know, if you fall, I'll catch you. If I miss, I'll take you to the, the, the clinic. You know? But he's been given permission to be a boy, but he's also been given guardrails. And I think, so going back to your question about puberty, and, and I, I say this to, to all parents, moms, and dads, that the, the deeper and closer the bond you have with your child from day one, the less traumatic puberty is going to be. You know, we often hear the, the trope, and I, and I don't accept it, that, you know, your child will go through a point in life where they hate you, <laughs> and it's going to be tough as a teenager. And sometimes, yes, and sometimes it's got nothing to do with bad parenting. It just happens. Because with people, there are no guarantees, are there? You, you see the most phenomenal children coming out of terrible homes, and you see sometimes really rebellious kids coming out of beautiful homes. But it is the exception. The closer the bond you form with your child from a very young age, and you, you maintain that bond, uh, the intimacy, the closeness, and, and, it, and it changes over time, the less traumatic puberty is going to be because they, you know, there is a, a point in a child's life where they, they start to listen to their peers more than their parents. <laughs> you know, mom knows nothing and, uh, you know, my, my friend Sally knows everything. To a degree, that's going to happen. But the closer the bond and the closer the relationship and the more they know that you absolutely adore them and love them unconditionally and you've also set boundaries so they feel secure in your discipline. Because there are two ways you can lose a child. You can be over-disciplinary and you can, you can under-discipline. You know, both of them, you lose the kid. The one you yeah. squash the spirit, the other one you don't give them safe guardrails to operate in. So the more you do that, the less uh, traumatic puberty will be. But uh, you know, as, as moms and as dads, we need to understand that our boys and girls are going to go through these drivers, these, these, these hormones, which are different for boys and girls. And uh, we need to allow them to do that, but put in place these, these guardrails to guide them through it. I love the guardrails. That is such a good metaphor of just, this is the picture we have to hold for our, all of our children as am, they're growing. I am picturing my boys careening from guardrail to guardrail <laughs> to guardrail. I have often said that boys find where the limits are by blowing past them. And it's yes. like, oh, oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. that was too far. And then they yeah. do it yeah. four more times before they realize the line right. is still in the same spot. Okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> and hopefully they're not going off the cliff. They're just right. they're just hitting the guardrails. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking of our listeners, as we always do, Jen and I, you know, thinking of the mom out there who maybe she's got a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, and dad's been in the picture, and it's, you know, things are going pretty well in the family, but there is definitely um, a gap forming or a rift between son and dad and mom's watching this and and worrying and dad might be worrying too i work with a lot of dads who are like clueless 
how do I refine, reconnect to my son? And maybe it even hasn't even gotten that far. What can you tell, what, speak to the dads out there that are out of ideas or they never had an idea to begin with to reconnect, to rebuild a connection with their boy if there has been, you know, if there is trouble in the in the relationship if there is that place in puberty that's a little bit like I can't he doesn't talk to me I can't reach him help us there, there are a couple of things uh, Janet I suggest what is parenting for both moms and dads is a parallel journey so the one aspect is learning parenting techniques learning how to be a parent how to be a mom and how to be a dad but the other aspect and almost more important is learning to become the man you want your son to become, become the, the woman you want your daughter to become. Um, so it's it's working on ourselves. You know, very few of us arrive at adulthood completely whole and perfectly parented. I certainly didn't. And so the journey is... <laughs> we'll all raise our hands here, huh, Jen? <laughs> join, join the human race. I mean, join right. the human, the, the condition, you know. Yeah. And so we need to work on ourselves. And I, and I think stereotyping a little bit, but I think women are marginally better at that than men because uh, there's less of an ego that gets in the way. But but looking in the mirror is a very, very important thing. And I, and I, I see a lot of moms struggling with dads that are not getting it right. Uh, and, and, you know, often, so often, you know, women being the more relational of the of the species are the glue that holds things together. And the dads uh, being the ones who struggle a bit more to look in the mirror and admit fault. A lot of, a lot of, Guys come and buy my book after I'm doing a talk, and they, and they say, "Look, you know, I'm, I'm buying this book. My wife told me that I have to. It's not like they've driven it to." So I think um, we need to start with ourselves. Look in the mirror, grow ourselves. Look at our own father wounds. You know, as a father, fathering a daughter and a son, we need to look at our own wounds because often we perpetuate those wounds. You, know? you either overcompensate or you perpetuate the struggles that we had. So starting block is to look in the mirror. You know, to say, well, gee, are there wounds that I have? You know, in the book that I wrote, uh, um, Dad, How to Be the, the, the Father Your Children Need, there, there, there's, there are exercises to look in the mirror, to become a good father, but also to become the man that, you, that they need you to be. The second aspect of it is to consistently be there. Even when a child goes a little bit off track and, 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 and you know, thinks that he or, or his his or her peers know more than you as their father or mother, by maintaining a consistently a consistent presence and a consistent availability because, you know, the poor poor is going to hit the fan at some point. They're going to have, and if you're there when that happens um, and the doors open and they know you're there, they might, they might, when things are going great, you know, they might go off the track and the rift is coming. But if they constantly know that you are there no matter what and the door is open and your ears are open and you're available to them and you're constantly reaching out, they will come. Uh, they will come because the, the, the greatest wins our kids get are not, you know, not their knees and their elbows. You know, it's the heart, you know, issues of the heart. And so when that does happen, they'll come and they'll, and they'll ask you. Uh, and if you're there, you know, if you're not there, you're going to miss an opportunity. If you're not there once or twice too many times, they're going to clam up. They're never going to come back. You know, they're going to go somewhere else to their friends or their mates and get bad advice. But if you are there in the lines of communication, always, this happens a lot with divorce dads. They just slowly drift apart. But, you know, with technology now, you can be available. You, that daily SMS, even if it's not responded, you can send it. A daily phone call. Give some examples of, of things that dads and moms can do to mm -hmm. signal that availability. Because 
what one thing I see, and it's a very human reaction when we are not getting much of a response from yeah. somebody, picture yeah. the teenage boy, um, we withdraw. And a lot of parents sort yeah. of give up because it's difficult emotionally. You put yourself out there, you get yeah. nothing back. You put yeah. yourself out there, you get nothing back. So given ex uh, some examples of hmm. what this availability may look like and how you can signal that. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me. So I'm 51. She's 41. And she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. It's a great question because the, the automatic response is, you know, to withdraw if, if you're not getting what you want. Well, one of the things is to get into a habit as a family uh, of, of engaged time. You know, the biggest one of the biggest challenges to us as human beings full stop with our relationships is devices and busyness. Um, and so if you say, well, at dinner time, like it or not, we're going to put our cell phones aside. We're going to switch the YouTube channel, whatever we watch, off, and we're going to just have a time of being and, and you get into a habit of doing that. Um, that's one thing to do, and that's a beautiful family habit, whether it's a single-parent family or whatever the case may be. If you're a divorced parent, a daily phone call. Absolute. I used to do it with my daughter. You know, I, I, Their mom and I divorced uh, when they were fairly young, and I used to, every single day, no matter what, I would phone. And sometimes a phone call would last 30 seconds and sometimes 30 minutes, depending on, uh, mm. you know, um, so the, the, yep. daily, the, the daily, the <laughs> daily, you, you know, sometimes they want to talk, sometimes they don't. So that daily phone call is, is absolutely crucial. Uh, the daily check-in, hey, how are you doing? 
where you're listening, you know. We often talk in such a distracted fashion that we're not, you know, but the greatest gift we can give anybody is to listen to them. And the greatest gift we can give our children is to listen to them, even if they're not talking. A daily habit of, hey, Jen, how are you doing? You know, and you look them in the eye and the cell phone's off and they know that you, you indicate by your body language that you're available to chat. And then, you know, every now and again, just a little note. Hey, man, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I see you. We've both been so busy, you know, but just want you to know that I'm here. You know? I mean, so there are many ways you can, you can keep those lines open and just indicate. Um, the other thing is love language. Find out what their love language is. You know? For right. a dad, I, I think take your daughter on regular dates. You know, say... You know, every two weeks, say it's a dad-daughter date. You know? Do the same for your son. Say, son, Absolutely. whatever you want to do, let's do it. I think, too, Craig, in this, a lot of moms recognize when I talk about this is that so much of our communication with our kids is transactional. And so, you know, yes. did you do your homework? Are you, you know, where are you in this study? And we forget. And that's what you're really highlighting is those moments yeah. of how's it going? And, you know, interestingly, Facebook, you, we know they've researched all the questions. What's on your mind is the question that they ask. Yeah. And so getting in the habit early for our kids to hear this question from us, it's really hard to start when you're 13 or when they're 13 or 14 yeah. and asking them what's on their mind. But if you're listening and you're asking when they're young, that's going to be another habit of connection that's established and absolutely so important our Australian boy champion Maggie Dent who you may know talks about micro connections and it's a place of just you know walk by and bump into him or (laughs) ruffle his hair bring him his favorite snack I do that you do that all the time with my all the time with my Adam. He's 19 now. Um, he's attending tech school, but he lives with us. And like, inevitably he does it to me too. You know, we pass each other and there's an elbow or there's a bump and it's, it's well-meaning. It's a, I see you. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'm connected. I'm here. Yeah. 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 So Beautiful. you are the author of several books. You also yes. run a nonprofit called father right. and nation. Tell yes. us about all of this. <laughs> the books, the this yeah. organization that you are, you know, really inspiring, doing the work, inspiring men to step up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Janet. Well, I mean, the book came about my, when my son was 18. Luke, he wrote me a letter. Uh, to this day, it's the greatest gift I've ever received in my life. It was unsolicited. Mm-hmm. He wrote a letter that started off, uh, and, and it's in the forward of the book. It says, Dear Dad, I just wanted to write you a letter to say thank you for being my best friend, my brother, but most importantly, my dad. And oh. uh, it, it, it was a tearjerk. I couldn't read it. It took about 10, 10 attempts. At one point he said, he said, I consider myself the most fathered human on earth. He said that. Wow. Um, oh, and wow. He said, I've been a single dad for many years uh, because of the divorce. And he said to me in the letter, he said, you can bring this to the rest of the unfathered world. I mean, these were prophetic words for me, you know, powerful. So that led me to write the book. I just talk about the 12 dad verbs, you know, I play on the word adverb, but it's a dad verb, you know, because being a dad is, it's a noun, same as a mom, but more importantly, it's a verb, it's what you do. You know? mm-hmm. And that's why often stepfathers and uncles and older brothers can be better fathers than a biological father, because they're doing the work of a father. 
after that, I wrote a book called It's a Dad uh, for Expectant Fathers because there's just so little material out there. There's a yeah. book in South Africa that's produced for dads and moms. Um, and the front is the moms and the back is the dads. And the version for moms was 230 pages. The portion for dad was 19 pages. So I thought it's a <laughs> real gap for you know, just preparing fathers for, for fatherhood. Um, so it's called It's a Dad. Then in South Africa, we have a major, major issue because of our, our really troubled past with gender-based violence and rape. We're known as the rape capital of the world. And just began to, to really look at why do men abuse? You know, It's not innate. It's not in our DNA. It's not wired. Um, and rape, and that is it's just such a distorted, twisted, foreign foreign to masculine. So I wrote, I examined why do men abuse, you know, and, and, and came up with the four reasons, not excuses, because there's never an excuse, but why, what drives men to be abusive in, in all its various forms. Uh, so I wrote a little booklet called No Excuse for Abuse, and then also began to realize there's such a gap with men growing up without having been fathered well. In other words, not yeah. being taught how to drive this car of masculinity. So I wrote a book called The Six Pack, play on the word, the six pack that you drink, the six pack, yeah, love it. Stomach, you know, uh, but the six pack, which is the six virtues of true and authentic masculinity. And that I've developed into a course, which we, we sell into schools. It's an online course, a series of videos and working material and exercises around what does it mean to be a good man? And then the, 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 the nonprofit organization, Father and Nation, I really began to believe if we can heal men, we can heal the world. And I believe mm-hmm. that, you know, if mm-hmm. we can heal men and restore them to be good fathers, mentors, role models, we can absolutely, we heal the family, we heal society, we heal the world by extension. You know, if you look at politics, you look at businesses, and you look at even churches, sadly, often the alpha male, the macho male, it just causes such destruction. Instead of using that strength to serve, he uses the strength to, to take and abuse, and, you know, mm-hmm. dominate, and then the narcissism. So Father Nation is all about, you know, we work with men in communities around South Africa. How do we restore men? How do we teach men? And uh, one of the things we do is we have conversations. We call them champion conversations. We just get men together and we have conversations, true, honest, open conversations where men for the very first time in their life are vulnerable and often cry and, but are also powerful. You know, Vulnerability is not weakness. It's actually courage and strength. And mm-hmm. teaching men how to be good men. And we're seeing some wonderful results uh, through that. I am so moved by this because we are missing this. Our boys and our men are missing this opportunity to, you know, sit in a circle and talk about the pain that is there. And, you know, are we going to get it perfect with our boys now? Likely not. But hopefully there's more of an opening to... Yeah be able to help our boys develop that emotional vocabulary, that emotional intelligence to be able to speak about their feelings and that it's okay. And, you know, I just, I still can't help the feeling like then, so we do this work at home and we were really, you know, trying with our boys to have them in touch with their feelings. And then they go to school and then they open their device. And that's just this flood of the other side, that other end of the spectrum. But this is where I feel so encouraged to hear you talk, Craig, because I know the work that Janet and I are doing in in supporting parents who are trying so hard with these boys we're raising right now. And then to hear you're working in South Africa and elsewhere with the men, like all of us are doing our part. None of this is going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. No. But we're making progress 
together. I agree with you, you know, heal, heal the men, heal the boys, heal the, heal the world. This is good for all of us. And if we, it's hard, you know, you can look around the world. And as you said, there are all kinds of examples of men behaving badly, Yeah. but there are also so many good men who are doing the work and things are changing, maybe not as quickly as we'd all like, but we're making a difference. 100%. You know, at the end of the day, when you look at, uh, and this is a message I felt really compelled to share a lot lately, is the message of human first. Human first. You know, we're so polarized. You know, you look at the States, you look at Canada, you look around the world, there's a polarization based on politics and ideologies and religion and gender orientation, you know. And yet the real cry of the human heart is, you know, my fundamental identity is I'm a human being. Before I'm a man, I'm a human being. Before you're a woman, you're a human being. And, and, and my, my masculinity is secondary to my humanity. Your femininity is secondary to your humanity. Your primary identity and our primary value is in our common shared humanity. And that's what makes us beautiful and wonderful. You know, and if we can get back to that, we can really begin to, to, to heal the world. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your work. Tell our listeners where they can find you and connect and support you in your work. Tremendous. Thank you. Well, the website is Craig Wilco. It's C-R-A-I-G-W-I-L-K-O.com. I will put it all in the show notes, listeners. Mm-hmm. Of course you will. Wonderful. As we depart, share with us the one thing that you want to leave our listeners with, the one word of hope. Maybe it's an action that we can take as soon as we end listening. Let me, can, I, can I tell a quick story? I'll tell a Absolutely. short story. When my daughter was seven years old, we moved from Johannesburg to a coastal city called Neisner. Uh, I was offered a job as CEO of Outward Bound there, and we decided to move. Very exciting, you know, moving from this big city to a beautiful coastal town. Uh, but my family moved two weeks ahead of me, and I still had some, some things to finish up. And so they moved. And one week into this two-week period, uh, I was on the phone to my daughter. Her name is Blythe. And I, was, I said, Blythe, isn't life beautiful by the sea? And she gave me the most astounding response. She said, Exact words. She was seven years old. She said, if this was my life, I would scream. And I was very alarmed. I said, Blythe, why would you scream? What's, you know? And she said, in a very soft voice, she said, because you're not here, Daddy. And uh, again, it was a tear-jerking moment. And I, yeah. I, realized, I realized then that the most important word in our dictionary, as a, my dictionary as a father, yours as a mother, are these two words, be there, be there. Be what there. Be there. The most important words in our dictionary. Be there in the dull, mundane moments, in the everyday moments, in the exciting moments, in the pivotal moments. Just be there. Just be there. Be present. Be engaged. Be there. That's that's what we need to do. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Just be there. No. Thank you so much for that inspiration, Craig. Thank you for the great work you two are doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. What an inspiration, dear listeners. I hope you will encourage the men in your son's life to listen to this podcast. Dads, uncles, teachers, mentors, coaches. We want to embrace them, give them opportunities to, as Craig said, join in that circle, have those conversations, and most importantly, to just be inspired and encouraged to be there. Be there with us be there with the kids, however imperfect that may be. 
We appreciate you being here with us, dear listeners. And, you know, we really appreciate you supporting our sponsors. That helps us continue to do what we're doing and bringing you this podcast. Next Gen Men has that course that will get you up to speed on what is happening with men around the world. Nextgenmen.ca. You'll find it there. Use the Onboys coupon code for a discount and share that course with teachers, with faith community leaders. We need to get this information out around the world. And of course, do that with some cool socks on q4quinn.com. Use the Onboys coupon code for a discount for socks and jammies and briefs that are soft on your child's sensitive skin and they don't have a seam at the toe if your child has had a meltdown about that recently. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for listening. If this has been valuable, please share it with a friend. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.